You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 58. Hey guys, welcome to day six of the Podcast Positive Party. We have had some dynamic conversations here, and I'm so happy that you are back for another. Today's guest is actually a friend of mine in real life, which is pretty awesome. Elissa Ford is a pastor's wife and a nurse here in Connecticut, the state where I'm from. We have spent many ladies conferences together and I just enjoy her wisdom. She has been an example of a godly woman to me. In this episode, Elissa shares what really is going on on the front lines as she is working in the hospital day in and day out. I really wanted to give Elissa space to share what has been on her heart as she is a believer working in the medical field. Elissa shares some really wise words about what we can do for prevention during this time as the coronavirus is sweeping our nation. She shares some encouraging words to those of you who also are working in the medical field. I wanted her to have an opportunity to uplift you as you go through the same thing she's going through day in and day out going to work at the hospitals. And so today is really dedicated to the men and the women who are sacrificing their life literally to go into the hospitals every day to take care of people that need healing, that need hope. And I'm just so thankful for those of you who work in the medical field, nurses and doctors, practitioners. Thank you guys so much for all that you do. Elissa's voice right now hopefully will encourage you and encourage those of us as we are walking side by side with you during this difficult time. We also talk about why it's important to try and get face-to-face time digitally, why personal connection is important, and how we are not alone during this time in quarantine. Guys, I know that you are just going to be so touched during this episode. So here we go, guys. Welcome to day six of the podcast positive party. This is episode number 58 that I am calling Faith on the Front Line with Elissa Ford. You're listening to the Hello Awesome podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? Before we get to why you're here, let me share two special deals with you from some friends of mine. The Hello Awesome podcast wants to welcome back our sponsor, Nuggles, for a new season. Through affordable, modest fashion, Nuggles aims to provide beauty with comfort. From dresses to slip skirts, modesty doesn't have to sacrifice style. Hello Awesome listeners can use the exclusive 10% discount code by using Hello Awesome 10 during checkout. Head to Nuggles.us to browse their full collection today. Again, that's N-U. G-G-L-E-S dot U-S to shop high quality products to add to your modest wardrobe today. Do you firmly believe that our relationship with Jesus should impact every part of our lives, including the clothes that we wear? We do too, and so do our friends over at The Modest Poppy. If you're ready for casual wear that's high quality for the modern Christian girl, use their special discount code TMP. 20 for 20% off your next order at themodestpoppy.com. You can be a witness for Jesus 
just by what you wear. So take advantage of these special offers from our incredible sponsors right now. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Hello Awesome podcast. I have a very special guest with me today. I know I say that all the time when I have interviews, but this friend is actually a real life friend, somebody that I look up to and one of uh, just my dearest, dearest friends here in Connecticut. I have Alyssa Ford here. She is a RNBSN float pool nurse at Hartford Hospital. She is also a pastor's wife, her and her husband. They have a church in West Hartford, Lighthouse Tabernacle, which has been experiencing just amazing breakthroughs spiritually. I'm just so grateful for their leadership and just their example. So, Elissa, thank you so much for being here. It is great to be with you. Thank you so much for having me. So I really wanted to talk to you because you are obviously an active nurse during this difficult, weird time. And for us that have to stay at home, I wanted to know if you wouldn't mind sharing just a brief glimpse into your day when you have to go into work and how God is kind of giving you that strength to uh, go through your day. Sure. Uh, I will say I've been a nurse for over 15 years, and I've worked in many different roles. Um, most recently, I was uh, working in informatics, helping to build the electronic health record, and I transitioned back to bedside nursing a few years ago in order to uh, be more active in our the church that we were planting at the time. Um, and in the 15 plus years that I have been a nurse, I can honestly say that I have not experienced or experiencing right now. This is a very different time for us that are in the um, medical profession. Um, obviously, all of us knew when we signed up to be in this profession could possibly come a day where we were experiencing some sort of a pandemic like we're seeing right now. Uh, but to actually be living it as a reality right now is uh, a little shocking, I think, to all of us. I think yeah. that right now there, there is a sense of shock in the medical field right now. I can say Connecticut because this is still very new to us. Right, for sure. I can't even, you know, uh, imagine kind of the mental preparation it takes every day for you. You know, my heart does go out to those in the medical field who don't know Jesus, because I feel like that might be just a little bit more extra on their plate, it seems. But I'm just so thankful that we have a God who understands what's going on, because he's in control, even if we don't know anything. <laughs> that I'm reminded of often, and I try to remind others is Although this may have taken us by surprise, we know that this has not taken God by surprise. He knew that this was coming and he knows the outcome of this and we know where our foundation needs to be in his word. Yes, definitely. You know, I think what's, what's been really crazy to me is just in a good way, seeing the amount of support that the community really has been giving to medical staff, at least from my view online. I'm sure it's different when you're face-to-face -face with people who are scared, but I'm just seeing so much more people rallying together and actually sharing posts to support those who are in the medical field. Do you feel like there's a little bit more understanding for you guys? 
I do feel like people are more aware. You know, I saw a post the other day that said something about uh, the fact that our society is realizing that uh, healthcare professionals are the real heroes and not mm. necessarily uh, sports players and things of that nature. It kind of made me smile just because mm. I think that um, we take for granted uh, the medical not the medical field, but the uh, opportunity, the healthcare system that we have in this country mm-hmm. and the fact mm-hmm. that many people do not have the same type of healthcare system. So I do feel like people are aware. And, you know, I think for me, uh, it's, it's also becoming more and more uh, of a reality. Anyone that is out in the front lines of a community right now, those that are working in grocery stores, janitorial services, people that are working in banks um, are also um, really risking their own health and the health of their loved ones by being in an environment that is uh, exposed to other people day in and day out. I've also seen some some support in those areas and I, I think that that's helpful for us to all be aware. I will say that going into work at the hospital is very different in the fact that in all my years of nursing, I've never experienced working in an environment where family members are no longer able to visit. Mm. And I support 100% that decision because it is the only way that we are going to decrease the, um, the spreading of this virus. But it is also a very humbling, very somber thing to walk in and see uh, families that are um, or I'm sorry, patients that are not able to have their family members there. So, um, you know, I, I, I think that there's a hyper awareness right now of the, the medical profession and I think that's appreciative, appreciated by, by those of us that work in the field. Yeah, yeah. And I think too, uh, I really hope that it will continue on and that it won't just stop. Um, but we are flesh and blood and we are very selfish creatures. So who knows? But, um, you know, I was just thinking, has there been some sort of insight that God has really placed in your heart during this time, maybe a scripture or a Bible story that just really you've been kind of mulling over and maybe pondering over like Mary? So the two scriptures that God has really put on my heart, one is Psalms 25, 4, show me your ways, Lord, teach me your paths. You know, in the midst of this, um, as I said before, we know this did not take God by surprise. And in days that, and, and many more to come, I'm sure, that we don't know what to do and we don't know Uh, We don't have all the answers, you know, even the people that I respect very much in my institution uh, that are above me, um, they don't have all the answers, you know, and that's becoming more and more noticeable just in the minutes and hours and days that we continue on this journey. Um, But knowing that God really does know exactly where we are and um, you know, I, I want to have his heartbeat in the midst of this. I want to know his ways and I want to walk down his path. Um, and the other scripture, you know, that God has really putting on my heart is Psalms 119, 105. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Um, I will, I'm not going to lie and say that this is not a scary time for us, mm-hmm. for myself as a nurse. Um, I can say that there are not many things that have scared me. Um, as a nurse, this is definitely one of them. And it's not just 
uh, myself, but it's every single person that I interact with at work. And it's not anyone's fault. It's just because we are, we are unaware of what we're really dealing with and how severe this is going to get. And obviously we do see what's happening in other countries and we're trying to learn from their mistakes um, but it's happening so rapidly that we're aware we may not be able to really learn from their mistakes we may be mm -hmm. walking down the same path that uh, these other countries are currently walking and so you know just really depending on god and you know before i walk into work i'm pleading the blood of jesus over my life i'm pleading the blood of jesus over my coworkers mm -hmm. and you know even the other patients um, i'm asking god to give me his peace because in the midst of all of this there's times that i i, I don't have peace of my own i need his peace and also i want to be a light you know i i've walked into patients rooms and uh, at the at the sight of them seeing someone, they tear up because, you know, they're used to their loved ones being there. They're used to their spouse of, you know, 60 years being by their side and knowing that they cannot see them and they don't know when they're going to get home to see them is mm -hmm. a very frightening thing for them. So yeah. being able to put aside my own feelings and really just go and, and spend a few moments just encouraging them and you know, letting them know that, you know, they're, they're going to be okay and they're going to be back with their family members. Um, I can't do that without God's help. And so I think that really just becoming more dependent upon him, obviously he's allowed me to have a certain skill set and knowledge and um, mm -hmm. I, I can use those things, but this is much bigger than that. Yeah. Well, I really appreciate those scriptures. Um, definitely one of those have been in, on my heart as well. Um, Psalms 119, 105. I've actually paused my uh, solo series that I do on the podcast. Um, we were actually going back to the basics about uh, apostolic doctrine and, you know, why we believe what we believe. And uh, the last episode for that series, I was talking about seeking light. And that was one of the scriptures that I used was Psalm 119, 105. And I think in this time more than ever, we have to remember who is the true light and especially in this dark time, and I'm trying hard to be um, understanding of certain people, even if uh, I see them behaving in a way that's not honoring, you know, what the president or what the governor or, you know, those in charge have asked us to do. Um, just down the street, we have some neighbors who think it's, you know, vacation and they're partying and different, you know, cars coming here and there. And I, I, I really am praying that people will you know, start to take this a little bit more seriously. And I know it's kind of difficult because honestly, we really only know whether it's true or not, what the media tells us. And I think we've kind of gotten so comfortable in our lifestyles here in America um, that something like this really is, um, it's difficult for us to see as truth. And so it, it's really humbling and uh, encouraging actually to hear somebody like you who's on the front lines, just to let us know that, you know, this is something that's real. We have to take precautions, but also that doesn't mean we have to be fearful. You know, I've just been thinking about a lot of different things, as I'm sure everybody has, of going back and forth of, are they telling us truthful things or, or are they spinning things? And it's probably all the above. <laughs> but um, I'm just so thankful that in this moment, we can still hold on to the word of God because that never changes and he never changes. And no matter how dark things get, he is our light always. Yes. 
So I was just wondering, I actually do have some listeners who are in the medical fields. I know I have some uh, young ladies who are nurses. And uh, I was just wondering if you wouldn't mind just sharing a little encouragement uh, for those in the medical field right now. Sure. I mean, I, I think that some of what I just said, just echoing that, you know, that our, our hope is from God. And, you know, one thing that I think is important is uh, in realizing that people are obviously dealing with uh, very serious medical issues, not all related to this COVID-19, but um, other issues that they may have, uh, really us asking God to fill us with his hope in order to spread that hope when we go to work. You know, the Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. And I think that not just in the hospital setting or in the medical setting, are we going to see uh, people struggling with a sense of hopelessness, whether it, because, whether it be because of this virus specifically or just the effects that this virus is having on us as a society yeah. and financially, mm-hmm. um, and really, you know, praying and asking God to send hope to our land and to this world is very important right now. You know, and as, as healthcare professionals, it is so important for us to realize that the people that we are taking care of are more than just another number. It's more, it's more than just tasks. It's stopping and looking people in the eye and letting them know that we are there to care for them holistically, not just to treat whatever they are there in the hospital for, but to also realize that they are a whole being. They have emotions, they have yes. thoughts, they have, yes, the physical aspect of the ailments that they may be dealing with, but really being purposeful about dealing or treating these patients holistically. I think that in the profession, the more and more that we move towards technology, which is a wonderful thing. And I I worked in informatics for years, so I believe in it wholeheartedly. But sometimes if we are not careful, we can become just task-driven individuals. Mm -hmm. And I see it even with myself and among my colleagues that sometimes it's we are overwhelmed and we walk into those rooms and we just have to get the next task done. But especially in these times, it is so important for us to realize that we may be the only person walking through that patient's door for hours. We may be the only person that stops to talk to them and they're used to having their spouses or their children or their, you know, who whatever, whatever family members are around. And yes, they can pick up the phone and they may be able to call those individuals, but we know as healthcare providers that there is something to the physical touch aspect. There is something to being able to look into someone's eyes and to be able to talk to them. And the other thing is, let's talk about something other than their ailments. They're hearing about their medications and their sicknesses all day long. I love walking into a patient's room that's 90 years old that has been in the hospital for several weeks and saying, sir, ma'am, what did you do before you retired? What was your life like when you were younger? And I see their, their, their eyes light up because someone wants to know about them outside of just the tasks that are have been delegated to them to provide. So I think that it's just important for us to really treat people holistically. I love that. I really 
do appreciate that. And honestly, that's just good advice for all of us, especially in this time. Those of us who are told to stay home, it's easy for us to go two ways. We can either be super laid back and go down the rabbit hole of Netflix, (laughs) or we can be very, very, very proactive and then have all of these to-do lists where we almost exhaust our family members because of it. So I really do appreciate just you saying that human connection. And I think that's important now, even if we can't be with our friends and our family to try and reach out with phone calls. Um, I had someone on recently who talked about her pastor encouraging people to actually write letters again. If the mail is still circulating, I mean, write a letter. I think it would be so awesome, especially for our elderly people to go to their mailbox and find a letter. And I'm thinking about a few people in my life who are stuck in their homes and they're elderly. And it's a lonely thing. It is a lonely thing. And they know that, you know, they know that families are are holed up together, but maybe their families are grown and it's just them and in in their rooms. And so I really do appreciate you you saying that. And I and I think it's just something for us to just be more mindful of all around. And I think that in addition to that, you know, one thing I've been trying to encourage uh, our church members is to find ways to do face-to-face, you know, and obviously with the elderly, that may be challenging, but with uh, those of us that um, are going to be, you know, quarantined, obviously in, in Connecticut, it's already happening, but I know that in other parts of the country, they're a few days or a week behind us, probably to follow behind us very shortly. Um, but you know, being quarantined in our in our homes, obviously abiding by that and really uh, doing what is being asked of us because mm-hmm. it is very important. But also realizing that sometimes the text message right now does not hold as much weight as a FaceTime or a great app as Marco Polo. Yeah. Um, I use Marco Polo for uh, friends that I have around the country, but what I've started doing is inviting ladies from um, our church to join because that that face, you know, being able to see each other makes such a difference. And even my grandmother's 94 and she lives with my aunt. So I had my aunt download it yesterday and I was able to Marco Polo my 94-year-old mm. because I won't dare go near her for the next several weeks, if not longer. But at least now I can see her smiling face. She can see mine. And it just adds that extra touch that we all are going to need in the weeks and months to come. Yes, definitely. And I second that. We actually used to use Marco Polo a lot. Uh, My husband's uh, siblings are, we have one sibling locally, but uh, he has two siblings that are out of state. And then, you know, we have a lot of kiddos that my my boys don't get to see their cousins that often. And so we have used Marco Polo. And I think that summer that we used it, it was so fun to just share, look at we're in the pool now. And then they would share, oh, we're on a walk. And it was just so fun. And then there was a couple of times that they had a, you know, two of the kids had running jokes together or, you know, just watching the kids interact that way. And I think that is encouraging for families too. Yeah. Um, basically just to see somebody that you love doing life still. Yeah. Yes, I agree. I did want to ask you um, a question and feel free to share however much you want, but there's been such controversy now on whether or not gloves are even helpful if we go out or masks. Can you just specify what should we be doing if we have to go out of our homes? 
Yes, that's a great question. Um, hand washing, hand washing, hand washing is mm -hmm. so important right now. Mm -hmm. And I know there's a lot of jokes and memes out on the internet about, you know, people not having washed their hands before relevant at this time, but hand washing is the number one thing that we all need to be doing. Obviously, when we go out, we know we cannot do that, but carrying hand sanitizer, um, as far as gloves and masks. So it really is not necessary for us to wear them. Now, if you are feeling sick and you have to leave your home, then yes, please put on a mask if you have one. Um, but really, it's a matter of when we touch other things, not touching our faces. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, I'd love to say, well, the gloves will prevent that. But unfortunately, they won't. People could wear gloves and still touch their faces. So um, really, uh, just being sure that we use hand sanitizer that we do not touch our faces without having used hand sanitizer or washing our hands obviously that's a lot harder for children we know that um, mm -hmm. i have not been to a store the past couple of days i've been trying to avoid going to stores uh, but i did i've heard multiple people say that it seems like everyone is wearing masks when they go out and gloves and even children have them on and i've also heard of other people that are scolding other people's children because they're touching things. Um, you know, the thing is, is that things are going to be touched, you know, so just because we see someone else do it right then doesn't mean it hasn't already been touched by 25 other people. So mm -hmm. we, we need to be aware of that and be kind to one another, but really a mask is, is not, it's not necessary unless you yourself are feeling uh, sick that you could possibly, you know, spread something to someone else. And I will say that as we're moving forward in the healthcare profession, if I'm sure you're seeing the reports, our country is really um, struggling with supplies. Mm -hmm. And so if you have supplies um, that you are able to give to hospitals and medical professionals, please do. We on Hartford Healthcare's website, they actually have something out there right now for people to donate supplies. And so I say that to say that if someone does have an abundance of masks or other type of types of supplies, um, consider donating them to the individuals that are in the front lines of dealing with this virus. Um, but hand washing, hand sanitizer, not touching our faces, trying to really abide by the social distancing. I know most stores now are either not letting people in, they're meeting them at the door and you can pre-order or they're only allowing a few people in at a time. Yeah. I think that, that, that is great. Uh, I cannot tell you how many people I've talked to in our community that do not realize the severity of this. They mm -hmm. really comment such as, oh, it's only going to affect the elderly. Oh, it's only going to affect the, you know, people that are already sick. That is mm -hmm. not true. That is mm -hmm. not true. We know it's been in the media that this week we had four police officers in Hartford that were infected with the virus. They had traveled to Spain and they did get tested because of their travel. They all tested positive. And the last report that I heard, they were all asymptomatic, which means that none of them had a cough or a fever or anything that would indicate that they were sick. So what does that mean for our community? It means that there are many people that may have this virus without displaying symptoms. And so the social distancing 
saying is not just for the people that are feeling sick. In fact, it's more for the people that are not feeling sick, but may have this virus and are unaware. And so it is really important that we take this seriously, that we only leave our homes when absolutely necessary, and not having play dates, not having get-togethers, not getting together to play games and all of those things. I know that this is going to be very difficult for us as a society because yeah. as you mentioned, JC, earlier, we are so used to just having things the way we want them. And we are used to just doing things the way that they have always been done. And we are, if the, the more that we can abide by what's being asked of us, the less extreme measures our government is going to have to take. But if it continues down the path that unfortunately we're seeing where people are not really uh, following what's being asked, then our, we may see that our government has to step in in other areas to put more uh, stringent requirements on us and our communities. So the only way that can be avoided is if we do this willingly. And if not, then we may be forced to. Uh, I'll put the link to that. I'll look on the um, Harford Healthcare website and I'll put the link to that in the show notes if anybody wants to donate uh, locally or um, just check your hospital website for that. I'm sure they have a link there. But um, those are all good points. And yeah, I think right now it is just very difficult for us to, um, because this all, this all is out of our comfort zone. It's out of the comfort zone of medical staff. Um, it's out of the comfort zone of us as civilians. And I think, like you said, it's just, we just need to obey the rules that they tell us to do. I think that's one of the things about uh, mankind is sometimes we're so foolish, we think we know everything. And, yeah. um, and even if our you know, even if our government or our officials in charge, even if they don't know everything, they are seeing things that are not being reported. You know, they are, they are, they're on the front lines and they're dealing with some real issues that the media might not even cover. And so we really should give them the benefit of the doubt that they're looking out for us in a positive way, not that they just want to control us. They really are trying to help us. And so I think, um, I think we really need to take this time to just be humble. Yes. So I really do appreciate you uh, coming on, uh, Alyssa. I, I am encouraged by you and thank you for clarifying a lot of the things that um, I know most of us have been thinking about. Could you just share before we go one last word of encouragement to those who are probably suffering from uh, some depression lately? Maybe they're just overcome by uh, what's going on that they're not feeling hope right now and maybe they can just use an encouraging word. Certainly. I think that, um, you know, number one, we will get through this. You know, we, we as a people, we as a society, we will get through this together. And I think that that's the key word is together. We need to reach out to one another. And even if you are home and you're struggling with, you know, depression and, and just feeling alone, please reach out to someone. I know that even from a, a, a mental health standpoint, there are counselors and other people that are doing things remotely, um, even though they may, their practices may not be open. And obviously, from a church standpoint, we saw more church online today than we probably ever yes. have. Amen. There are churches that are doing things to reach into their communities. Um, and I know 
that the interaction is so important, but we have to be the ones to reach out, even if someone may not be reaching out to us, because it's not intentional. It's not that other people do not care. It's that there is a sense of everyone being afraid right now. And the only way that we will overcome that fear is with love. We know that love casts out all fear. And obviously being in the presence of the King and allowing his love to refresh us and renew us, but then also reaching out to others and being a light in other people's lives to allow that his love to flow through us. And sometimes, you know, when I am struggling, other people may not know, but I may need the one, be the one that needs to reach out and say, Hey, I'm having a rough day today. Would you mind if we just talk? Would you mind praying for me? Could we laugh a little bit, you know, and, and us, caring for one another, being hyper aware of the people in our lives that are alone as we are quarantined. I mean, that is something that it's one thing if you have a family of five or six people and you're in the home and you're busy and you can play games. But if you're, if you know someone or if you are that someone that is in their home alone being quarantined, please reach out to other people or please people reach out to them and let them know that they are loved and that together we can do this. We will get through this and, and we will, you know, God, again, this didn't take him by surprise. And we know that all things work together for the good to them that love God. We love him. And so we know that there is going to be goodness in the midst of what appears to be so bad and so uh, out of the norm for us right now. There, There's a, a mighty master plan that God has, and he's going to help us through this. But togetherness is what we need and obviously that sounds like such an oxymoron because we're all having to be so separated but mm -hmm. to but we have a responsibility for ourselves and for those that we love to make sure that no one is left by the wayside and so please pick up your phone please write a letter please get on that marco polo app please start a zoom meeting you know uh with multiple people if you can yesterday was my 40th birthday. Oh my, I cannot believe that. And I had uh, some friends that FaceTime me and, and we had coffee together. You know, there were a few of us and that was our time. We couldn't get together and party, but we were able to get together on a FaceTime group and just laugh and talk about something other than everything that's going on right now. So please do that and know that we're, none of us are alone. Jesus Christ is with us and he will help us through this time. And in, in the moments that we are scared and the moments that we do feel very alone, he is no further than the whisper of his name. And so calling out on his name and maybe turning on some worship music or a message that would encourage your soul, please do those things. Every single one of us is going to need to in the time to come. Amen. Thank you so much for being such an encourager. Um, I really do appreciate you and I'm so thankful that you took time to be with us today and to just share your heart, but also share some facts so that we can hopefully move forward in a more positive light. Well, thank you so much for inviting me to be a part and um, I appreciate you and your ministry, JC, and um, I hope that this is a blessing to others. If you found this episode inspiring or helpful, would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your Instagram stories, tagging me at Hello Awesome Ministries? It will encourage me that you were blessed. Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. 
To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.